You are listening to Tomes of the Chaos Bard. To Tomes of the Chaos Bard, we welcome you. I am DM Dave, and to the left, we have... Henley. Boudreaux. Lila Ngaratha. Roscoe. And Fenrir. And before we begin, a joke for Boudreaux I have. <gasps> knock, knock. Who there? Yoda. <laughs> Yoda who? Yoda lady who? <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> New tradition. <laughs> I want Boudreaux to have a joke every morning. Every time. I don't know about that. <laughs> Wakes him up. Okay. <clears throat> the summary from last time. Roscoe is poisoned. Ricardo, or more effective affectionately known as Slicky Ricky, poisoned him. And Henley, with the help of Fenrir, gets a possible antidote from him before Roscoe ultimately lets him go. But before he leaves, he informs the group that he has released the poor creatures from their caves, from their cages, and tossed the bracers that Roscoe gave to Juna. Fortunately, Boot. Boudreaux is able to cure Roscoe on their way to the hollow, but not before he sees the poison's effects, the bruising around the throat, and the restriction of breathing, the same effects his mother had before she died from the same poison that he now knows as the hangman's noose. Boudreaux, in a fit of sorrow, turns turns away from Lila's consoling presence, Retreating behind a rock, sobbing, reliving memories long buried and forgotten. What havoc has Slicky Ricky caused at the hollow? What shape will the group find the hollow in? Will the group find the re- find rest at a place where it all started? Is this where the adventure stops? The morning rises, a new day starts. With will rays of hopes shine through the clouds that hang over the group? Let's find out. I hope that the shape of the hollow is um, uh, octagon. <laughs> is that the shape of happiness? Yes. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Isn't it also the shape of a stop sign? <laughs> yeah, which is happiness stop. <laughs> Just stop. That will make me happy. So, like, are, are we talking like stop in the name of love? Or are we talking about like stop? Just stop in the name <laughs> of love. <laughs> There's like seven different songs that just came to head, and I was like, oh, you break my heart. Come on, that was cute. Okay, I think we'll start off with Boudreaux. Through the night, you've kind of cried yourself to sleep, right? And in the morning, you start to feel something kind of moist against your cheek. Ew. Kind of a licking sensation. Junkie! Just kidding. No, I do wake up like that. And when you wake up, you look, and you see a doe, a deer, a female deer. (laughs) As the rays of golden sun fall upon your face. (laughs) It gently licking you. In the distance behind her, you hear a rustling as you see a fawn, a little baby deer, come up next next to you 
and nuzzle you. The fawn then gets off your lap and starts walking away. The doe looks straight into your eyes, puts her head against yours, and in a small, familiar voice, what? you hear, Be strong, my little dwally do. <laughs> Sorry, that's so cute. <laughs> and the doe goes away with her new fawn. I've been replaced. Oh, oh, what is the name of that little deer? <laughs> Just kidding, okay. <laughs> Uncle Popcorn. <clears throat> what? What did he want to come back as? I don't remember. I wanted him to be a boar. <laughs> That's what you wanted him to be. <laughs> um, Wait, that's not Uncle Popcorn. That's what he wanted to come back as. But the deer. He wouldn't call me Dwal. The little fawn. Oh, <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> Thanks, for <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for explaining that for the listeners. <laughs> I'm here for the listeners. Don't you worry, Elsie. The blondest redhead I've ever met. I, my, my, I am having allergies. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay, you guys are about a half a day's travel away from... The hollow. I didn't sleep. Okay. All the way. Okay, so for those who didn't sleep in Boudreaux, you determine if you have one level of exhaustion, how well you slept. One level of exhaustion is just disadvantage on... Your skill checks. Ability checks. Which would be something like... Acrobatics, animal handling. Any of your skills. Um, Insight. With that blessing from Kundas, would I be tired? I don't know. I feel like I'd be be more rejuvenated in a way. Maybe emotionally, but I... Not physically? Okay, then one level exhaustion sounds good to me. Okay, Lila, the same thing. Mm -hmm. We're going to say, Roscoe, you feel good. I hit the hay hard. Mm -hmm. After Boudreaux was able to heal you, you just slept hard. Would Fenrir, between Henley and Fenrir, six hours... Um, be enough for our watch. Remember, you do have Thorn with you. You oh. do have Keth. And you do have Herla. You do have Bellerin. And you do have Mendrick, Mendrick with you as well. We want to keep Mendrick tied up. <laughs> JK. <laughs> I'm like, he was let go. <laughs> Henley would have taken first watch and then, like, said, hey, will you take a watch? And if Fenrir was done trancing, would have possibly assumed that he would take the last four. Yeah, we can assume that between I mean, the everybody last there, two watches, watches could have been... Distributed. Yeah. <clears throat> Henley took charge of watches while Roscoe was sleeping. Yeah, because it is one thing that it's like, you guys can pretty much get up and go anytime you want. So even if somebody's took a longer watch, they could still sleep in in the morning because I don't feel like anybody's in a rush because Keth's still hurt. He needs all the rest he can get. Nobody knows about Roscoe's healing yet. Mm-mm. Henley, pro- if Boudreaux wasn't there to make breakfast, Henley would have probably thrown something together. Ew, what'd you make? A gross looking porridge with berries that she found. I knew it. <laughs> it's like a gray color. Yeah, and it's pretty plain, huh? <laughs> it is probably way more plain than what Boudreaux would do. She probably stuck potatoes in the ashes 
and just cooked them in their skins. Ew. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Not compared to Boudreaux's cooking. Yeah, there was no salt, though, because, you know, the Thunder Spice belt. The potatoes are cooked, though. That's what matters. Yes. (laughs) They're cooked. All right. He gives you that. (laughs) (laughs) Not an approval. (laughs) Okay. There's food! (laughs) Okay, so we we continue down the path. Fenrir, during the travel, you hear this kind of sparkle as an arrow flies into your quiver. As you look behind you, you notice that it's the message arrow from Lilana. Interesting. (laughs) He will take it out and start to read it. Okay. This letter says, It is good to hear from you. Unfortunately, it comes late. Lordak, the prisoner Kobath gave us, has escaped. With the help of Yolinx, the feline that Kobath left behind. We have Yolinx in custody and are currently interrogating him. This is grave news that the goblins are seeking an alliance with the drow. I will inform the rangers at Fort Vernon, the wood elves in Greenleaf, the forest gnomes in Petch, and those in the area to be watchful. Be safe. Keep me informed. Lilana Evergrove. Interesting. So Fenrir will then kind of pipe up to the group and be like, well, Lordak escaped. He what? Yeah. He, How? He, I'm not really sure. Lilana just said that Yolinx helped him, but that doesn't seem to add up. I'm going to growl at the name. That doesn't make sense. Why would... And that... Hanley kind of just trails off and then, like, walks a couple steps, just obviously thinking, like, that doesn't make sense. That's not like Yolinx's character. Um, is anyone going to r- wake up Brosco? I'll go over and push him. <laughs> I was like, kick him. <laughs> He's so deep asleep. <laughs> Brosco's had a rough day or two, okay? Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'll, I'll shake you until you wake up. Mm. <laughs> How violent do you want it to get? <laughs> There's fire potatoes. I mean, I'll get up. It's fine. It's like <laughs> potatoes. Okay. But you do feel, Roscoe, that that kind of irritation, burning sensation in the throat area is now subsided. Okay. And you feel good. You feel re-energized, full health. Everybody's full health. Everybody has all their spell slots. Besides Boudreaux and Garotha, Lila and Garotha, you have that one level of exhaustion. Um, let's go. We need to get to the hollow. Okay. You guys continue. I'm riding on my ponies. Riding on a horse. Because, you know, to the old... I magically got those last time. <laughs> Henley's probably leading the way the through horse, the forest. The old town road. <laughs> ride until he can't no more. Can't no more. Can't no more. Okay. You guys enter the hollow. This place seems pretty in disarray. Hmm. There's a lot of people trying to fix things up. 
there seems everybody seems kind of downtrodden. Um, there's injured around. And as you get more to the center, you can start hearing some loud voices coming from um, this location where a bunch of people have gathered around. Do we see Willow at all? As of right now, you do not see Willow. Uh, Mal is there, if you remember Mal. And what about Juna? Juna is not there. But... And Colin? Colin is there. And a familiar face, a blue dragonborn, stands in the midst of this as he is talking to this small creature, gnome creature, looks very disheveled, um, very unkempt, is wearing hides, and as you get closer, you notice that there's three scars on her face, running from the top right to the bottom left of her jaw in a diagonal way. Fenrir, you would recognize this creature as the one that helped you, or you helped her, kill the were creature. As you guys <laughs> come closer, you can hear that she is not happy. She is flip, flipping between like common speech and goblin speech. She's having a hard time because of her excitement, her frustrations. It's hard for her to stay in common, trying to keep let everybody know. Dracarys is there trying to calm her down. Kind of to the side on this table, you see that there's a body that is covered with a with a blanket. The little bits and pieces that you hear from the conversation, you do hear the word were creature. You do hear the word unnatural. And uh kill is kind of the words that you get from her. Yes. Um, can I just get close enough to ignore everybody else and go and look at the body? Yes. Um, Henley speaks both goblin and common. Mm-hmm. So as she gets closer, she went, would, I would like to hear the whole whatever's going on. Okay. So pretty much the little bits and pieces as she's going from common to goblin, she is saying that they're unnatural. They need to be destroyed. They need to be killed. They need to be annihilated. There is no reason to keep them safe. Where are they? I know you have more of them here. Because Fenrir told them that they... What was that? Or is she... Never mind. Yeah, you don't know. Okay. Ratha and Lila, mm-hmm. you do go over to the body, and as you lift up the sheet, you see a red dragonborn underneath there. <gasps> no! And from Garatha's point, you would recognize this. Well, and Lila, of course, but it's Borast. No, I liked Borast. Oh. It's the dad of Ember? Emery. Emery. Is he dead? Okay, what would you guys like to do? I'm uh, I'm gonna walk up to Dracaris. Not gonna say anything right away, but I'm gonna kind of, you know, 
we're back. Make your presence known. Make your presence known that we're back and, you know, yeah. Gotcha. And kind of to the distance of him, uh, Roscoe and maybe Lila Garatha. I'm going to say Lila Garatha know them too. You see a wood elf kind of 10 feet away from, from Dracarys that you recognize as, Fen- as Viril. As Fenrir. As Fenrir. <laughs> 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 as Viril. Is he still dressed in ranger garb? He is not dressed okay. in ranger garb anymore. Okay, uh, Drukaris does notice your presence there. Kind of gives you like a acknowledging like, welcome back, but kind of in the middle of something, you know. Then Bellerin Bar- Bar- comes into play. And he steps up to this uh, little gnome and says, what seems to be the issue here, Drakaris? Is it a gnome or a, gnome or a goblin? It's a gnome. Is that speaking goblin? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. What seems to be the issue here? And you, and then the the gnome starts speaking. This dragonborn seems to be hiding creatures, unnatural creatures, protecting them, and I wish to. Take care of them. Yes. How close am I to her? You're probably 15 feet away. I'm going to pull my great axe at her and point it at her. Mm-hmm. Because unnatural is a trigger. Okay. Hmm. And she, like, looks at you, and you see, and, like, Drakaris kind of looks over there and, like, tells you to, like, put your weapon down. I am solely focused like, I don't even see his tunnel vision because uh, I figure it's because I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. I can't see a whole lot. And it's kind of like that ringing in your ears when you have something that's a trigger almost. Mm. Um, and I'm just going to say, I would be careful, dear, with the word choice that you decide to use and the next words that decide you decide or the next words that come out of your mouth. I'm going to step in between Lila Grotha. And the other one, just kind of like in between their line of view. Mm-hmm. And just kind of look at her and be like, just breathe, <laughs> calm down. I'm not going to say anything, but, you know, mm-hmm. kind of with the, the facial expressions. Like, just, we don't need another fight right now. <laughs> Jakar kind of leans over to you and he's like, get her out of here. She's only going to make things worse. Okay. I would, and Zerkar speaks up back to the, back to the uh, gnome. Uh, please, we are not harboring any of these creatures. Have you seen what they've done with this place? They were released from somewhere. They came from somewhere. And she's like, ah, see, you did have them. You said release. It was... A slip of the tongue. We do not have any were-creatures here. But I have tracked many of them to this location. Where, dear? She, like, starts thinking of stuttering a little bit and goblin again. 
They are unnatural. They are beings that should not exist. They are neither human, dwarf, or animal. Therefore, they are unnatural and mock nature. How's for forceful are you trying to keep me back from this at this moment? Or well, this point, I've already I'm like told you to go find Willow. Okay. So I will just let you. I will just say only for you. If she spouts any more nonsense, I will kill her. So just go, go find Willow and start doing a survey of the city, and I'll find you in a little bit. All right. As you can see, this is your cars again. You have already taken one of the were-creatures out. Unfortunately, that was a dear friend to this community, and we would like to give him a proper burial. No, creatures like him do not deserve any proper things. Bellerin steps up. Listen, let us take this conversation to a more private place where we can speak. And she... He, you know, tries to reach up and, like, touch her. And she's like, do not touch me, filth. I will keep my eyes on this place. And if I see any creatures. And she kind of just stops. Looks around. And you see her transform into a bird. And she flies off. Dracarys, you can see him, you know, rubbing his face. Frustrated, looks at Roscoe. Ah, it is good to have you back, friend. How, how did everything go? Um, trick question. I mean, everything. We lost a lot of good people up there. Um, and the um, one gal was kidnapped. Rochelle. Rochelle, thank you. Yes, I had just come back a few days before um, all this mess happened. Well, so we just came from from the caves where everyone was. Yes, uh, I do see that you have brought Bellerin back. So, yes, can maybe I agree with Bellerin and can we take the kind of the debrief inside? Uh, yes, let's let's do that. He looks over towards this guy named Lenny, who many of you would know that that was kind of one of the guards around here. And he informs him, like, keep the cleanup going. Let's let's bury Borast, and let's try and pick things up here. So you head to. Um, the kind of where Bellerin was. It's kind of become like the civic center where Bellerin stays to do all his meetings and stuff in the past that you guys remember way back. Way <laughs> back in the beginning. Way back in the beginning. And you go in there. Where's Juna and Joanna and Willow? They, this is Drakars, they are safe. Whence this feral druid came into town, 
demanding things and taking out Borast, we took her into hiding. And Emery? Emery is the one being hidden. Okay, Fenrir and Boudreaux then. Yes. Go into the healer's hut. Okay, we, we link hut. arms and we skip. And skip. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> such a tries and he doesn't do anything. <laughs> then he just Every time I there. skip, I pull him down. Because <laughs> I'm really short. <laughs> I'm like... Because <laughs> you're only probably a foot plus shorter than him. Because yeah. you're like four foot something, aren't you? I can't remember. I think, yeah, I think that's about I right. I think Fenrir is like five, ten. Yep. Yeah, Fenrir and Henley are the same height. So you're about probably a foot shorter than him or so, right? Oh, so that's actually not that bad. Then. Yeah, it's not um, as short. Almost as two. You think. Well, five ten, like a foot and two inch and ten inches. Well, it depends on how much he is. I have no idea how to check, but I have it in here somewhere. Yeah, so it's Anyways. like foot and a half. We'll yeah. Go. Anyway, around uh, we there. We don't actually do that, so it's yeah. okay. Nobody be funny. You start <laughs> to do it, and then he just sits there. Like, He's like, what? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys make your way down there. Um, you can tell that the in the healer's hut, it is in disarray, because you can imagine that this is where the ra- ra- where creatures came through. Stampede! Yeah, there's just scratches on the wall. They went through the portal? Mm-hmm. <sighs> there's scratches on the wall. There's just mayhem in here. And the closer you get to the to the door, the little trap door that's in in uh, Willow's room, you can tell that just claws the door shut, and you see kind of sitting in that room is is Willow. His room. It's he's sitting in his room. In his hammock. Yep, and you're you can tell that he's kind of trying to play like nothing happened. Then he like looks over and he's like, "Oh, Boudreau!" <laughs> and he gives you a hug. Boudreau gets on his knees and gives him a hug. And he's just like, "It was it was horrible, Boudreau. It was it was horrible." Yeah. That, that mean little halfling let let them all go. Me halfling. Ricardo. Oh. <laughs> he he let them all go, and and he stabbed Juno. <gasps> She's, she's not looking good, Boudreaux. Where is she at? She's she's down here. She's down here. And so he like... Follow me. I mean, you follow... What, I come with you. <laughs> <laughs> so he like kind of moves stuff. I am tired, he had, guys. <laughs> he had stuff piled on onto the hatch, trying to hide it. He didn't hide it very well. But he's he like... Shock. Of course he didn't. <laughs> tried to push everything out. And he's like, down here, down here. And he starts climbing. And this is about when uh, Lila Grotha comes into the room as well. Okay. As they're starting to go down. You go down, and you enter the cavern, and on a bed, you see Juna. Oh, no. And you can see those same effects <gasps> from that poison. Okay. But she looks like she's not long for this world. Like, it's, she can't hardly breathe. The, the bruising around her neck is dark, very dark and swollen. Yeah. So I'm going to go up to her and... And uh, you see uh, Joanna there. Okay. With and her. she looks okay? Just disheveled. Uh, yeah, well, that, <laughs> she always was. <laughs> <laughs> disheveled, worried. And she's sitting there trying to 
keep things calm. She also has Emery on the other side, kind of the head. Yeah. And she's trying to do double duty here, trying to take care of Juna, but also keep Emery calm. Mm -hmm. Because she's kind of in her bear state right now. Okay. Do you Um, hear those bear crying whines and stuff like that? Yeah. What's her name again? I forgot. Juna? Mm-hmm. No, the one the two on names. Two names. Give them both to me. Joanna. Again. Joanna. And Juna. And Juna. Oh, great. Thanks, David. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was shook my head when I was like, dang it. <laughs> okay. Um, Joanna is uh, the rich man's lady. Okay. Yes. So, uh, Joanna, it's okay. I got this. And he sends her to Mendrick. And, of course, they lock eyes, see each other, and they run to each other. And embrace. Mendrick is Mendrick <laughs> disgusting. Is, <laughs> <laughs> she kind of takes because Mendrick's not looking good. Yeah, like he had been starved there. He's just hiked all the ways down. He's but not a athletic person. He looks so much better though. <laughs> <laughs> and so she takes him to this chair and is just kind of tending to him right now. Yeah, I mean he did eat ash potatoes after all. <laughs> 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 they were delicious his, his complexion is a little ashy <laughs> okay, okay. okay. I'm offended <laughs> <laughs> potato potato <laughs> welcome to Tomes of the Chaos Bard mid-show break I'm your host Rupert Bumpkin from the Rocky Talkie Gnome Radio Network first item of business is the five star reviews Remember that Solemn will give you a shout-out and read your review on Solemn's column. Then he will review your review. It's great fun! Second is the Ko-Fi. This is our Patreon merchandise store. You can purchase keychains, coloring pages, and MP3s of our song. You can also commission to feed the cast, or write a letter to Dear Boudreaux. If you are interested in becoming a patron, there are three tiers, each with varying rewards, including a full post-show, DM Dave's Deep Dives, and coloring activity book with exclusive art. Go to ko-fi.com slash tomes of the chaos bard. That is ko-fi, K-O-F-I dot com forward slash tomes of the chaos bard. And help us grow. And last but not least, the biggest way you can help us is share us with your friends and family. That is all, folks. Back to the show. <laughs> okay, Boudreaux, what do you do? I'm going to go up to... Juna, and um, I know she can't really talk, and Boudreaux immediately kind of gets all teary again. He just can't help it, um, and shaky, but he's okay, and he thinks about the deer, female deer, and um, he takes a deep breath, and he's going to cast this spell, whether it... Um, he knows it's kind of probably not going to do, like, it'll help. It'll it'll make it go away, but she might be too worse for wear. Mm. But he'd rather it be gone. So he's going to cast that spell. Okay. We'll jump over to Roscoe and Henley. So, Bellerin, Viril, Tracaris, and you two go into this into his little his little place. And uh Dracaris 
comes in. Yes, let's let us discuss what has happened. From what I understand, Ricardo released the were creatures from Rochelle's place. And he's in the caves right now. Who is? Ricardo. You guys saw him. Yeah. Yeah, he attacked Roscoe. Yeah, he attacked me. He's playing something dirty. So he's part of some... And I'm going to kind of look at Henley. We can't tell you what the organization name is, but... Part of some organization that's pretty shifty and shady, and we pretty much just put big black marks, build targets on our backs now from these guys. But, um, yeah, after all the fighting was done up there, he showed up. Um, so, I mean, let's, let's like rewind, I guess, a little bit and fill you in on, I guess, how we got there. I mean, how what sort... How far back do you want us to go, Jakaris? What sort of information do you want? Anything that could be Cloth valuable. Des wasn't Cloth Des, but the person that was Cloth Des is dead. So, okay. So let's we're gonna rewind to <laughs> about the point we were leaving Avalon. Okay, we got to Avalon. We'd kind of done what we were supposed to do there. Um, someone else is taking over the mines and they are sending the deed out here for the hollow to Bellerin so that it's the Iron Hills Guild. Thank you. The Iron Hills Guild. They're going basically Bellerin. You guys are now going to be, and I'll look at him and it's like, you, you guys don't have anyone to report to. I mean, you're not, you guys can, they do. They have Colin. Colin's in charge of the town. He's the owner of the town. So we, long story short, we got to Avalon. We took care of everything. Um, Colin is now effectively in possession of the hollow. The mines are now going to be property of the Iron Hills Guild. Mm -hmm. And DeWall. And Dwal, they're going to help support you guys here as you need it. He's more than willing to help you guys get supplies in here and stuff without an aggressively aggressive overhead for him. You know, he understands kind of what's happened here, and we made sure of that. But we wanted to make sure that the hollow could be the hollow and not have any sort of, you know, shady backhand dealings or anything. So Colin might not know this yet, but he's got – he's a – for lack of a better word, he's, in, he's got ownership of the hollow. We left Avalon on our way out back here just to kind of return everything as we were leaving. Joanna stopped us and said, hey, they've got Men Mendrick. Um, they're holding him hostage. They need the deed to the hollow, all that stuff. We came out here. We ran up to the mines. We kind of had some different little side quests between here and there. <laughs> Um, but we got into the mines. Um, side note, there's scary scarecrows out there that we'll talk about in a minute. Another side okay. side questy thing. Um, we managed to work our way through the back doors of the mines with the help of some bounty hunters um, who you might have seen with us when we came in. A big orc, a little halfling. Mm -hmm. Gnome. Rock gnome. Rock gnome, sorry. 
Big orc. Gnomes, halfling. Yes. We got up there, and we were, you know, told that Cloth Dez was there. He's the paladin. And there were some other guys and stuff. And we ended up actually enlisting the help of part of Cloth Dez's crew to help us free these guys. And they kind of beat up the scary scarecrows. And we got in there, and as Henley said, Cloth Dez, who's that fallen paladin that was up there, right, was not Cloth Dez. Cloth Dez, as he came to his demise, it turned out to be some sort of like kind of a purplish, shape shifting looking creature, almost. And so as we were engaging it, and as I was fighting it, and I kept, you know attacking it, it kind of casually lost its cloth desiness. Um, and there was a, I think a sorcerer magic guy up there, big scary magic guy who stole the Rochelle. Rochelle. Thank you. That's, I was going to ask what happened to her. Um, he opened a portal, grabbed her and walked through. So I have no idea where she's at. Um, what what of the staff that she had? Boudreaux has it. Boudreaux has it, and that is not our... That's all I know. Any other questions about the staff can go to Boudreaux. Well, I, I know what that staff can do, so I'm glad that magic person does not have it. I get the feeling that there's more to that staff than I know. <laughs> yes. Because Boudreaux seemed a little over the top to get it. The staff was in possession of this this lizard folk that was once in the where we've been stationing the the were creatures. That was kind of his domain that he kind of took over. His he was called Qualkek. Okay. He, he was a lizard folk, and from what I understand, he was one of their powerful chiefs or leaders there. But they were taken. And he was managed to escape, and he, with a vengeful heart, was trying to seek revenge on them. And through his magic and, and kind of understanding of potions and herbalisms and stuff, he is actually the one who created these were creatures that we have now. But his intent was to kidnap or capture these goblins and kind of force them to do his bidding and attack the Trigrovin, which was a very clever idea, but I didn't agree with the methods he was using. Well, to the short story, we ended up putting him down. But before he was able to do that, I guess his vengeful spirit, from what Rochelle was able to tell us, latched on to the staff. Rochelle took possession of the staff and was able to control Rochelle and to keep his work moving. And eventually he was able to create more were-creatures here. 
hence why we have seem to have an abundance, but luckily the were creatures don't seem to last very long. But from what our visitor that came by, she says that they've been able to last long and they were able to make it out of the canyons from her investigations. Yeah. I don't know. We met one. You met one? One of the, the were creatures. Where? Up in some caves. Emery. It was Emery. I I have heard of this Emery when this this uh, gnome. What did she call herself? Clarice. I think she called herself. When Clarice came in, she said that, or Willow, and was you know she was ranting and stuff like that. Willow was fearful, and she saw Vorast because Vorast actually helped fight the rest of the were creatures. Here, I guess he snapped out of his thing when he heard his child cry out in pain. And he went to the rescue. And while he was protecting her, he got injured. We were trying to nurse him back. And that is when this gnome came, saw that he was a were-creature, and killed him. And out of fear, Willow took Emery somewhere safe. Because I think Emery can kind of control it. That is what I understand. I I honestly don't know. So she might be, I mean, you know, part of the key to the solution here. From what I understand, because when Qualkeck took over Rochelle, and the little information that Rochelle was able to gain from the spirit of Qualkeck and his research, because she was able to find many of his research papers and writings, that his goal, he was modifying this where disease, I guess you could call it, that he was trying to modify it, that he would be able to control it. But it seemed to be more effective or easier to control from those of his race. So uh, uh, lizard folk would be able to control it, and possibly even a dragonborn, because we are closely related. I know it seems like, and just based off what you said, he kind of snapped out of it when he heard, you know, Emery crying out in pain, right? Correct. It almost seems like, at least for these guys, it was like extreme emotion that triggered it. Because if I understand correctly, what kind of helped Emery through it was her dad singing to her. Her mom. Her mom singing to her. Um, you know, one of one of her you know favorite childhood songs or something like that. So. It brought back her humanity. Yeah, so so that's something to just kind of keep in mind and kind of work with going forward, but it does seem like at least from the two instances here that we've got in front of us that that some sort of extreme emotional trigger. 
well, if that's the case, I, I hope she is willing to help in, in finding some kind of cure yeah. or some kind of way of dealing with it. Because like I said, Rochelle was in the belief that possibly, because there was, when Kalkek was doing his thing through Rochelle, he was mainly focused on the Dragonborn down there, particularly one Dragonborn named Thrun. He was one that this Qualkek was able to convince to help. He was an old dragonborn, but through the help of Qualkek, he was able to regain mobility, his life, through becoming a were creature. But surprisingly, when he finally turned during that great battle during Hayden's Hollow, that he turned, but then he through exertion or something, he he died, as many of the were-creatures did. But now it seems like they're able to last longer, so maybe they're finding some something mutation else that they're doing, yeah. of something. But when you talk about this Cloth Des, that does remind me. You yeah. remember in that last battle. Right. That there was that, they impersonated that, that ranger. Trip. Yes, yeah. And she was one of those weird pale creatures, too. She was my friend. And he just nods. I mean, it's a creature that we've never seen before. And the way you describe it, it seems like that same creature. Like, they take form of almost identical. Yes. That person. Yeah, that's even what... even their thoughts and memories. That's what it seems like. Um, it did, did also look like kind of that... that, that sorcerer magic person up there who took Rochelle um, was kind of helping keep the illusion up. But from as far as, I mean, and something to keep in mind for, you know, maybe more information on these guys. Um, as we were discussing with some of Cloth Dez's, you know, team members prior to this, the ones that helped us, I said that he had kind of, he'd gone up into that forest just outside of Mapleshire and came out almost a completely different person. So I don't know what's happening up there, but that's kind of next on my list since, you know. Didn't they say something about hags? Yeah, the, there were the hags that they think are responsible for these evil demon scarecrow creature things that we've been coming across. But we don't know a whole lot more about that either so I don't know if it's all some big evil scheme is afoot here or we just happen to be coming across a bunch of very unique situations all at the same time uh, Drakars looks over at Henley wasn't your fort up by the half pine it's woods? relatively close to it yeah so maybe that is the connection. If this Cloth Dez, who wasn't Cloth Dez, went in there, came back different, maybe there is something up there. But hags are nothing to mess with. Well, and well is it, you said hags as in... Plural. Plural. Yeah, so basically these... 
scarecrow things that I've been telling you about, um, we first actually encountered at Henley's hometown. We were stopping there on our <laughs> detoured route to Avalon, um, and her brother had purchased one. And it was basically, I mean, there was two parts to it. There was a wreath and the scarecrow. Um, and basically whoever owned the the wreath, who was in possession of this wreath, the scarecrow would, would protect. But we tried on that scarecrow as soon as we kind of figured out a little bit more about it. Um, I mean, Henley went out there and tried burning it down. We, we tried it. They're immune to fire. They're immune to, you know, various different things. And supposedly the owner is the one that can destroy it, but we don't know if the owner is the one that's created it or the one in possession of the wreath. We never really got that opportunity to find out, but with as many as there are that we've encountered and we're hearing about, um, we're, we talked to someone in Avalon who thinks that it's more of like a hag coven that's kind of doing this versus a single hag. You can see Drakar's worried, of course. Viril steps up, and he's like, so do you guys still have, you said your brother had it? We don't have that scarecrow, but there's the, in the cave, we just exited from two piles of destroyed The remnants of it, yeah. The remnants of the two scarecrows there. And those two scarecrows took out like an entire team of trained, well armed, trained, trained combat ready people, and the two scarecrows just wiped them out. The one that the one the scarecrow, I believe, is still actually at your mom's house, right? Yes. But the the wreath is, is in Avalon with some magic dude. And if you talk to Fenrir, Fenrir has kind of been more involved with the the scarecrows and stuff. He might have a little more information um, and may be able to get you in contact with the guy out there. And where is this uh, Fenrir? He is... Um, with Mendrick somewhere. With Mendrick, and I think I saw him walking off with Boudreau as well. They kind of... As soon as we came in here, we kind of split up. We all have, you know... We're, taking stock of the hollow and making sure we get people reunited and seeing what's going on and stuff. So, But he's here with us. I would like to um, meet this Fenrir. I'm sure he would love to so meet when, you. So when the time comes, we'll, we'll see if we can contact him. I mean, I can... One second. <laughs> Call Fenrir. You've got your rings activated, right? Yeah. Okay. Are we close enough I can call him? No, you are not. Okay. Because they have that, went through that portal. Shh, shh, shh. Remember that, the trap door know. that they go down? They it's go actually down a, and then they go a trick. Oh, okay. Trap okay. door, so he's actually okay. quite, a, quite a ways away. Okay, so I'm going to... Pr- try, though. Try it, though. <laughs> do, <Yep>. do, do. <laughs> so, Sorry, your so call for like, completed <laughs> his dial. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, he's out of... Uh, uh, range right now. Is that a cell range? But I'll I'll get him get him in contact as soon as possible. He's out of gem range. He's out of he's out of magic range. There you go. Sure. Ring range. Ring range. <laughs> you got to get a bigger gem for that to work. 
We need a, a gem tower kind of placed around the cities and stuff. <laughs> One of your magic items that you might be able to get for 150. <laughs> yeah, to increase the range on your your ring service. So and then Viril turns to Jakaris, and he's and he says. Do you think that that Ricardo was uh, the same one of the same group as as Dale? Jakarus thinks about it for a minute. He's like, you know what? That's that's very possible. Maybe we could get a hold of of Corinne. I know she's been traveling with with Xanthos, trying to get in the bottom of some of that. And those, Corinne, for, let's see, Roscoe, you would have met them, and I think Henley definitely would know who they are. Their kind of uh, was part of that one battle at the beginning that we talked about way back in episode <laughs> one. Um, she is a paladin of Adrestia, and Xanthos is a paladin of Doldurn, one of their high-ranking ones. And uh, he had a son named Drake, and they kind of helped in this situation, and they helped uncover, which Henley knows more information about, the Hidden Hand. They kind of helped you get more information about that because the previous leader, Dale, was a part of that Hidden Hand, which Henley would know that his kind of code name for the, for the uh, Hidden Hand was the Stockman. Mm-hmm. Do you say anything to them? Because you heard their conversation about maybe they're connected. Yes. <laughs> Have they found out anything else? And like it takes Viril a second, but he's like, oh, uh, hey, Henley. <laughs> uh, hi, Viril. I've been here the whole time. Uh, you're just different than last time I remember you. I know. Unless she like looks at her clothes. <laughs> As in your uh, stance. Your presence. I'm doing better. Last time I remember seeing you, you were quite uh, to yourself, let's say. Mm. I'm doing better. That's good. It's good to see. So you, you believe that this Ricardo was part of that oh, group? 100%. We tried to interrogate him. He tried recruiting us. He did. Yeah, so we're like suspects too. <laughs> Just kidding. We also found out, and they like looks at all the doors. <laughs> Just really nervously. Um, hesitant to share. Mm -hmm. That um, fake cloth des was working for Iron Will. He's one of those names, huh? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And it has something to do in Half Pine Woods. They're also up in Half Pine Woods. Too it's many strings point there to not draw some conclusions. I wonder what... Hmm. Okay. Well, I think I'd 
need to go make a, some a contact real fast. Excuse me. Um, can I come with you? Uh, no. If you if you want to talk more, we can talk more in a little bit. But I I need to know. Need to know what? You're calling about the this situation with the organization with the information that i have gained here yes <sighs> you worry too much headley and he just like pats you on the back and he <laughs> 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 and he just walks off i worry to no i worry the exact right amount <laughs> you're going to uh, do on that for a while yeah like <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, but then I'm gonna. I'm just gonna turn back to Dracarys and be like, "I hear you've been on an adventure. I've I've been. Um, I I know you're. F- I'm friends with your friend. We made friends with a. Very and he like long gives legend. you a questioning look. Uh, a tief- tiefling with uh, a unique skill set. Talking about Juna. No, Swindell. You know Swindell. And I'm going to point at my ring. I'm like, oh boy, do I. <laughs> He's like, oh, he conned you into something, huh? Um, well, yes, actually. This is kind of cool, though. But he's been he's been he's actually been really helpful for us. Yes. Well, don't go making promises that you'll have to keep later. <laughs> where, where, where have you been if... Keeping a promise that I made that I necessarily didn't want to keep. Well, I don't blame you. Is everything okay? Is is promise fulfilled? The well, terms and conditions met? Because I'm sure with Swindell there's some sort of fine print somewhere, but... As far as I know that what he sent us out to do, we were able to accomplish. And then we came back to this, so... Hopefully that is the end. Okay. And no repercussions happen later. Dun, dun, dun. What did you do? It it doesn't matter. Okay. But anyways, we got lots of work to do. Yes, we do. See if we can get this place back in some kind of functioning order. I know Colin has been making... Surprisingly, we got lots of supplies here now. Supplies. I guess from what people are saying that a bunch of goblins, Trigroven goblins came and dropped off supplies. Yes. We met Colbath. And who is he? The leader of the goblin army. Where did you meet him? Just on the side of the road? In Avalon. They allowed him in Avalon. He disguised himself. And we inadvertently snuck him into a party... With the uh, Duke. Duke. Oh, you're welcome. Hmm. I'm sure that and, went down well. Well, we got kicked out of the city, mm-hmm. but we're now friends with one of his advisors, Liliana Evergrove, the Duke's advisor. Or were you talking about somebody else? Oh, that one. The one who gave us the magic carol. Liliana Evergreen. Yeah, her. 
Well, that that's good news that you're friends with somebody in high places. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he said the real Trigrovin is actually not real happy with this offshoot of Trigrovin yeah, or something like that, there's right? There's kind of two parties. There's the Trigrovin OG that is led under the under Colbath. And then there's a Trigrovin that has been ransacking towns and villages and actually disrupting the refugees and making the ref- refugees actually refugees. And they're led by Lordak, who just escaped jail in Avalon. There's a lot going on. Yeah, he gives you like a confused look. He's like, well, that gets really confusing. <laughs> Having a good Trigrovin and a bad Trigrovin? Yeah, and that and Lordak made a deal with the drow. They're going to try and... I did notice there was high activity with drow they're on my mission. Digging tunnels to the south. Oh, the into a plane. They're trying to take out the good drow or the drow that have left the duchess. There's a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. Good trigovin, bad trigovin, good drow, bad drow. Good goblins, bad goblins. Uh, also, okay. Also, <laughs> Henley got eaten by a bug. Run, <laughs> <laughs> I did not get eaten by a bug. I almost got eaten by a bug. <laughs> and now there's good wear creatures and bad wear creatures. I... It's a hot the mess. The story gets more and more complicated the farther we get into it. We blame you, you DM Dave. <laughs> He's feeling his own pain. <laughs> Let him writhe in his sorrow. <laughs> Let Suffer. me vent through the NPC. It's your own fault, David. <laughs> Suffer me now. Okay, <laughs> is there any more that you would like to discuss with your cars? Just casual. Casual, trying to pick things up. Yeah, yeah. he offers him an Advil. <laughs> Here you go. You want, you want a healing potion? Here's <laughs> some aspen bark and willow bark. <laughs> this is going to be for your headache. Okay, <laughs> so we he's going to go out and try and help settle things outside, get things in order. Henley would probably... Go to the healer's hut and go down the portal. Okay. I'd probably, honestly, as my team is all split up, just hang out with Jakaris and see if there's anything, you know, kind of continue to converse with him and get on the same page and see what he can help with and, you know, kind of discuss a little more just casual conversation about what he's thinking about in regards to, like, the Half Pine Forest and, you know, that whole situation and, Show him my two magical horses full of paladin armor and stuff like that. So, okay, <laughs> I think we'll just wrap it up there. Then we'll get back to the other group down in the lair next time. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. Big shout out to DA Nichols for writing this song and music. And check out her TFT RPG at drivethroughrpg.com. Shields of Power is that. And again, that's drivethroughrpg.com, Shields of Power. Also, special thanks to Realmwalker, freesound.org, Monument Studios, and, and Tabletop Audio for the extra music and sounds. I am DM Dave. And to the right, I have Fenrir. 
Roscoe. Lylan Grotha. Boudreaux. Anne Henley. And until next time, we unroll the scroll to tell the tale. Bye.